0: Hello, everyone, and welcome
1: to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I am Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. We've got a fascinating and fun topic for our show today, planned babyhood, your life before you were born. By the time you're an adult you might often find yourself too busy with living your life every day that you don't reflect about what life was before you were born. So, so many people live their lives assuming that their lives started at birth and will eventually come to an end at their respective deaths. Such an assumption, however, narrows down their perspective on life, and on living it to such a narrow one. Even if everyone hasn't had the experience of becoming aware and experiencing his or her life before birth, there have been thousands of people who have publicly shared their pre-birth as well as post-death or perhaps near-death experiences. And more and more people are coming out of the Psychic Spiritual Closet to Communicate About Their Life as Something Beyond Being a Body. In this world, many people have planned for parenthood in a variety of ways when they decided that they wished to have children. There have been many who didn't as well, even if they did become parents anyway. So we thought it would be fun to talk about our planned babyhood today because, as souls, we definitely plan, often meticulously, our birth, our babyhood, and upcoming incarnation. Just recently, I woke up one morning, that was actually day before last, from a wonderfully joyful and vivid dream about my life before my birth into this current incarnation. Of course, this dream was more symbolic and a fun dream to remind me of the energy and intent of I had prior to being born this lifetime. Now I pay attention to my dreams. Uh, As I've gotten older, I don't have them as often, but I'm usually a pretty (laughs) epic dreamer. And one of the things that I learned to do is to look at my dreams as often either one of two things. One thing is an astral travel when you go out of the body and where you travel to in your astral body, or A symbolic dream from my higher soul to my uh, soul, the part of my soul that's in my body. So please keep that in mind that this is more of a symbolic dream. And I will give you the interpretation I have come up with of this dream because it was really fun. And it's not that um, complicated like some dreams can be. Well, I dreamed I was on what I perceived as in my dream itself as a rainbow train. It was actually a train depicting my entire generation, which happens to be the baby boomer generation, who agreed to come in to bring more beauty, music, awareness, freedom, abandon, joy, creativity, love, and love of nature uh, throughout the world. And when I was looking at the train, from the outside, because we came to the end of the line and I kind of popped out and I was outside the train. The train looked like a beautifully painted, um, I don't know, like one of those hippie vans from (laughs) the (laughs) 1960s. DW hippie van. No, but it was really beautifully done like a real artist did it. And it was very colorful and depicted nature in all its glory. It was really lovely. And I kind of cringe when I see those kind of painted vans now because it's just not who I am or at least who I perceive myself to be but in my dream this was a very beautiful train and it really did depict some of the general intent of my generation when we first came in so when we came to the end of the line literally on the train as i said i popped out of the train and i continued flying forward and here's the funny part of the dream As I was flying forward and seeing all these beautiful sights around the world, which um, I have had the privilege to have, but in the dream, I was holding the latest model of the iPhone, (laughs) the iPhone 11, and um, I don't even own one yet, but here I was holding it, and I knew I would someday become as kind of perceiving myself in my pre-birth state I knew I would become an expert at quote taking pictures with it. I flew over beautiful landscapes acquiring pictures of all I saw so I can share them with others. I knew as the dream ended my purpose in life was to bring more happiness awareness appreciation joy and healing to the world. And one final thing that I realized is part of why I think the iPhone 11 was one of the symbols in my dream was um, it has three cameras. So if you turn it over to the side with the cameras, it has three uh, little circles on it. And it looks like the two eyes with the third eye. (laughs) And um, so the beautiful pictures I was taking has to do with really clairvoyance. And I realize I have fulfilled very much this uh, purpose in my life, and it was, I don't know, very validating to everything I have done up to this point in my life. So that was your third iPhone. It's My third iPhone, <laughs> yes. My third iPhone. So it's all symbolic, you know. Maybe I will get an iPhone 11, but my iPhone 7 is just fine. Anyway, this Dream gave me a new and fresh energy. It not only restored me, but also inspired me to go further along my chosen path. It also gave me confirmation that I was on the right track. You see how that works in the dream? It, the, it was, we were on track and to take my next step along that path. It allowed me to remind that part of myself living here in the physical body of the original soul energy and intent with which I incarnated this time. I don't know if our whole generation is fulfilling our whole purpose for which we originally came, but I would like to think many of us are uh, still attempting to do so. Anyway, incarnating here on this planet, especially at this time, is definitely not for the faint of heart. Michael often quotes the Buddha, even saying that being a human being here on Earth is hard. We're constantly bombarded on every side from all the challenging forces and turmoil in the world at any given time, especially for those of us who are more awake and much more psychically sensitive, the energies of all the struggles in the world and the uncontrolled emotional outpouring of all those in any degree of distress, pain, and suffering can take a toll over time, as you well know. Yet, when I had my dream, I was able to reset my energy and renew my commitment to fulfilling what I am here to do. That, I feel, is one of the things that makes becoming more aware of your life, both before birth and after death, so important. We all need such a reminder from time to time to be able to correctly navigate our way through the many challenges we face living here in a body. Everything we experience here is for our own learning process, however pleasant or challenging it may be. Yes, it's, it,
2: <laughs> I always get the uh, uh, what was that movie? Jaws. You know the theme song for Jaws. Do do, do, do. <laughs> That's the incarnation song <laughs> coming into this into this world. But you know there there are never any real accidents or coincidences in life, are there? Right. It's not in my experience. It's it's never an accident. Never a coincidence. It's there, there isn't anything random in life. That's what I've experienced throughout my life, even when it's happening. It seems like, whoa, that's so random it's, it's <laughs> it fits in somewhere guaranteed yeah, it's you know it's like, gee, I didn't you know you didn't mean to do it consciously, but it happens, and at the time, it seems like it's. Came out from left field. I, I I don't know what happened, but later on you start to realize now if it it's in, it's truly amazing. You know when you even get a glimpse of the divine choreography of life. That's what I call it. Is divine choreography. It's orchestrated, and how life unfolds for each and every one of us. It's certainly. Beyond words. And we get to experience the exquisite perfection of life. No matter how awful any particular experience may have seemed to us at the time we originally went through it, later on, oh, it's different. It's just that for most of us, it might take years of gaining experience and wisdom to attain the kind of hindsight of being able to look back 20, 30, 40 years and start to connect the dots in our life. And we do that generally way after we had those experiences. And even those seemingly random experiences will connect into a beautiful tapestry sooner or later. That's been my personal experience every time for anything in my life, no matter how silly or how ridiculous or how, whoa, this was insane or you know terrible, whatever it was. At the time, later on, given enough time, enough space from it and, and really taking a look at it and going, just like Raphael was saying, interpreting the dream. We do that all the time with our life. Ah, how many mystics and saints and enlightened beings have said, ah, this life we're living, the the world is but a dream. So what we experience in life, what we go through in life, when we look back at it, it's not that different, really, from interpreting your dream. You know, what really happened? What did that train mean to Raphael? It might mean something else to us if we had the dream, but no, Raphael's the one who had the dream. And it's no accident that Raphael had that particular dream she just shared, not only for the purposes she mentioned, but also she had it just when we were preparing for this show about our life before we're born. Isn't that timely? So speaking of dreams... Isn't it interesting, too, that when we dream while we're sleeping, the dream always begins in the middle of the story? Using Raphael's example, you know, she didn't start where the, okay, the train is leaving, everybody get here on time, you know, or something like that. It just, she's already in the train, and then she pops out of the train, and it's a rainbow train. That's the middle of the story, it's not the beginning. There's no introduction. <laughs> you know? There's no preface, right? If you if you really examine your dreams that you've ever had, they always start right in the middle of the action, just like a lot of movies are these days. It starts in the middle of the action. You don't know why you're there until they, they have eight years previously <laughs> or three weeks before or two hours before, and they... <laughs> show you what led up to that scene. But in our dreams, we don't get that. As soon as we recognize that we're doing something in the dream, we almost always assume that it's perfectly normal, right? It's logical that what, what, what we're doing, whatever it is, is, you know, what we're supposed to be doing, rarely do we question. How, how did we end up doing it? For example, you could be dream- dreaming that you're driving your car, And you just assume that that's completely logical and normal. Like, of course, I'm driving my car. (laughs) But what if you were to ask yourself while dreaming, when did I start driving the car? Was it this morning? Have I been driving all day? Or did I just get in the car? And why am I driving this car? And a lot of other relevant questions pop up.
1: Well, (laughs) we're about to come to our first break, and I'd like you to invite you to the next teleclass we're teaching in our ongoing series. And by the way, before I tell you what that is, uh, Michael will continue with this thought about the dreams. Anyway, the new ongoing series we have coming up is in the You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think series. This particular set of teleclasses have been on each of the seven major chakras, and those who have participated in them have told us that the classes have benefited them really greatly. We welcome you to join us this Saturday, November 2nd, from 10 a.m. to noon, Pacific time on your phone, for the upcoming teleclass on your fifth chakra communication, creative self expression, and will. It's been a really wonderful series. We'd love it if you join us. And if you can't join us for this class, you can always listen to the recording afterwards. Go to our website, micheltamura.com events calendar for our November 2nd class to get all the details. If you have any other questions about these classes or to sign up, you can also call our wonderful assistant, Noel, at our office at 530-926-2650, Monday to Friday, business hour specific time leave a message if she does not pick up it's a one girl office so she will get back to you we'll be back shortly to continue exploring planned babyhood your life before you were born
3: on Voice America Empowerment. And get ready to soar. Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. As we age, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be, and there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with hosts Phyllis Amen and Rubina Chaudry. Seniors deserve to have a more fulfilling life, and we'll bring you the answers that you need to hear to make it happen. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2
2: p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment.
1: Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
0: You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome
1: back, everyone. Let's continue exploring our topic today, planned babyhood, your life before you were born. So Michael was discussing dreams, and it's really important to really pay attention to dreams in the sense of understanding that all of life is a dream And if we watch how our dreams work, we start to understand how our life as a dream works as well. So, Michael, would you continue your communication about the dreams you were talking about? Yeah,
2: I was talking about, you know, uh, when we're dreaming, like when we're driving. And and if we were to stop and during the dream, ask ourselves, you know, why am I driving? How long have I been driving? And, And it starts to open up a lot of questions like, for me anyway, it it opens up questions like, wait a minute, you know, I was assuming I'm driving, of course I'm driving my car, and I look around and say, I don't recognize this car, (laughs) 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 my car has leather seats, this one has, you know, vinyl or something, oh, my car is uh, silver, and this one is, you know, blue, hmm, and things don't add up once you start to question what's going on in your dream. And so, you know, we assume in our dreams that our house is our house or our car is our car. But it's not necessarily the same house or car that we own in our waking life, right? A lot of times they're not. But in the dream, we just assume it because that's where we're at. And, yes, I was in my house, and, and I was on the 17th floor of my mansion. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't live in a mansion I in my know. waking life. I live in a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll go back to my dream life. <laughs> Yet, yeah, you know, we don't realize that until we wake up, Right. When, when we wake up in the morning, let's say, we go, oh, I had a dream, and I dreamt I was in the house, and, oh, wait a minute, it was totally a different house. Oh, and you're, you're with people you assume are, oh, I was with my best friend, and I said, wait a minute, I don't know that person in my waking life. Okay, so isn't that interesting when you start to ask the question? Well, when you think of your life Do you assume that because you were born, you've been living all along? You know, like a lot of people assume, yeah, I've been alive ever since I was born. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's just an assumption because people don't question it usually. But do you ever ask yourself what you were doing before you were born? Or where were you before you were born? That's very similar to asking those kinds of questions while you're dreaming. And when you remember to ask those types of questions while you're dreaming, you can start to wake yourself up to the truth that you are indeed just dreaming. And the seeming reality that you are living in at that moment isn't the true reality. The same applies to this life that you're living in right now. When you start to question what you seem to naturally assume as hardcore realities, like you are living now because you were born some years ago, then you start to process this process of waking yourself up from that illusion and start to see and experience the deeper truth, such as that you were living prior to being born here. So let's explore what that life is like, that We each are living prior to being born into the human body that we each occupy at this time. And just as Raphael experienced in her dream state that she was flying alongside of the uh, speeding rainbow train. (laughs) I like that.
1: Which got to the end of its line. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: And she kept on flying. In our spirit life, prior to incarnating into the physical world, we're not beholden to the seeming laws of the body and the world. We don't have to obey gravity, for example. And we can easily walk through a brick wall. Yeah, it's kind of fun when you walk through a brick wall in your dream state or in your spirit state, astral level. We can time travel or space travel at will. But, as a little warning here, even in our dream state, we can't do what we believe is impossible to do in that particular state of mind. You might have experienced in your dream state, you could do things that here in your so-called waking life, you decide you believe it's impossible. I can't walk through a brick wall or I can't fly. But you might find yourself doing exactly that in your dream state. But even in the dream state, in when you get out of the body or before you're born, You have certain things in your larger, greater mind that you believe. No, that's the limit. I can fly, I can walk through walls, but I can't do this or that. (laughs) Like, "Ah, I can't handle talking to that person. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes walking through a brick wall is easier than facing a particular person that you have a lot of, unresolved karma with, right? (laughs) Ah, Yes. Okay. So, long before we ever slide into the temporary home base we call this body that we're incarnating it to, we make our plans for our upcoming life. Souls choose different time periods relative to earth time since there's no time in spirit. So, it's only here we talk about oh this time period you know how long has it been since your last incarnation before you reincarnated here in this time it's just this is the timeline not in spirit so some souls may in a manner of speaking wait for decades or even at times centuries of earth time before reincarnating from the death of the last incarnations. Others may reincarnate as soon as they're able to. In my personal experience, between my last life death when I died, (laughs) quote-unquote, in 1945, and my current lifetime birth in 1953, both in Japan, by the way, different cities, but same country, same island, (laughs) in fact, And I spent a few months short of eight years in between my incarnations according to earth time. It all depends on what you're setting up for your upcoming lifetime, including who you need to get together with for some purpose at what time and so on, as well as your level of awareness and where you are in your spiritual development. The more freedom that a soul has from karmic entanglements, the more freedom of choice it has for how it plans for its upcoming incarnation. Yet no matter how much freedom we have as souls to make our plans for an incarnation, they're always made with the help, guidance, and wisdom of our teachers and guides in spirit. It's easy to imagine How much planning goes into a whole incarnation when we realize how much we plan in quite mundane, everyday things in our lives here on earth, such as getting the groceries. You know, a lot of us, (laughs) we have to have a grocery list before we head on out to the shopping or else, invariably, we come back home and go, oh, I forgot to get the most important thing. <laughs> oh, or I already
1: have four jars of mayonnaise.
2: <laughs> well, in, in Raphael's case, that's, that's not a problem. <laughs> she loves mayonnaise. Anyway, especially in our increasingly complicated and busy lives, it becomes more important to plan ahead those things that, are, that require the involvement of other people, organizations, businesses, whatever, to ensure that they happen in a timely or and or effective manner. Or sometimes in this day and age, it might not even happen if you don't plan for it. <laughs> so planning for an entire lifetime is a big deal for the soul. We bring together our chief advisors Mentors, expert consultants, friends, if you will, to map out the best possible courses for our life. That plan has to take into great consideration what we need to learn in this incarnation, what karmic obligations we need to resolve, what we need to accomplish for various purposes, who we have to get together with, and for what purpose. And so much more. Depending on all of that, for some souls, exactly what kind of body type they get can be crucial. Or, on the other hand, not that important. Yeah, give me a, you know, any body.
1: <laughs> Just as long as it's healthy and gets me through 87 years. <laughs> right? And, and it's, it's
2: like buying a car, Right. For some people, yeah, I just need a car. Send me a car. You know, uh, the budget, my budget is X number of dollars and find me a car that, that will fit that and I'll take it. For others of us, no. If you don't have a big pickup truck, you can't do your work that you need to do with your car. So it's like that with a body as well. And for other souls, it could be of utmost importance what religious affiliations their parents-to-be must have. Not because necessarily they want to be you know, raised in that religion. Some souls need to get out of that religion. <laughs> and so they need to come into a family that's in that religious space, and they have to be able to look at it and, and realize, you know, it, th- this doesn't fit anymore for me. I need to get out of this. And that's an essential part of their early growth is having the experience uh, of either, you know, coming into a certain kind of religious family so that they could be part of that religion for the rest of their life or to come in and early on in their life really recognize that, oh, yeah, no, I've been needing to get out of this religion and find something that's much more true to myself, you see both of those things happening all the time in uh, current lifetime, in current world. So for other souls, the most important consideration may be that at least one of their parents is an accomplished musician or an architect or a devoted spiritual seeker for whatever reason they need that for. For another soul at a more advanced stage of development requiring psychic development or even mastery in psychic development in their upcoming incarnation, it may be important that at least one of their biological parents be genetically wired for mediumship or other psychic abilities, even if they don't consider themselves the parents psychic or completely unaware of anything to do with psychic abilities. They might be (laughs) anti-psychic even, but on a genetic level, they need that wiring. So, So, a lot of different situations happen. Some need their parents to have certain abilities or certain wiring or certain interests because it's going to help them pursue that. Others, for the exact opposite reason, it's to get out of that whole situation. One of the things that every soul does in its planning for a new birth is decide on who it wants to have as its mother, and often its father as well. But at times, it might become more important for a soul to be with a particular grandmother or other person related to the mother than the biological mother herself. There have been mothers who are on a spiritual level like a surrogate mother for other souls just to get them together as parents and children. And then there's all kinds of things that happen, those who choose adoption or to be put into an orphanage. So lots of things come into play in the planning.
1: Yes, indeed. With the with the adoption or the orphanage, a lot of times the soul wants the genetics but not the parents and want to get together uh, with the their original agreements. Uh, Of who would be their parents at that time. Anyway, uh, it's coming up to our second break already, so mark your calendars. We'll be in beautiful Calabasas in the greater Los Angeles area on Saturday, November 30th and Sunday, December 1st. That's the weekend after Thanksgiving. And Michael will teach a sure-to-be-amazing seminar weekend, which we hope you all want to attend, (laughs) to help you Power Up Your Psychic Life. Saturday's topic will be Your Mediumship and Your Spiritual Path, Psychic Tools for Discerning Your Own Truth. And Sunday's will be Meet Your Dream Team, Angels, Spirit Guides, and Masters of Wisdom. We welcome you to join us at the Hilton Garden Inn in Calabasas, California. These seminars will certainly help you wake up more to who you really are and progress on your spiritual path. Find out all the details and sign up on our website events calendar section at michaeltamora.com or call our office at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours Pacific Time, Monday to Friday, or leave a message and Noelle, our assistant, will get back to you. When we return... We'll get back to planned babyhood, your life before you were born. See you in a couple minutes. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
3: are you where you want to be right now we live our lives sometimes looking at others and thinking the grass is always greener on their side not realizing that we have the power within us to pursue our dreams it begins with a head start in the right direction and that head start is with host carla d walker and from the inside out Believe in your abilities and take action. Listen live every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Marla Goldberg each week for guided spirit conversations. This show puts you, the listener, in touch with some exciting guests. Hear how they've helped others and find out how you can help too through Marla's charity shout outs. Are you ready to shift your current life experience? We've got tips, tools, and techniques designed to help you get started. Guided Spirit Conversations can be heard Thursdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: It's your world. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Great to have you back. For those of you who just joined us,
1: we've been exploring today the fascinating topic of planned babyhood, your life before you were born. And we've been talking about how the soul at this point, chooses its parents or its surrogate parents or its biological parents or adopted parents and so forth. And Michael, I think you have some interesting stories to uh, share about yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, lots and lots and lots of stories. But but first,
2: you know, again, what's so important about knowing life, what your life is like before you're born and not only yours, but other souls coming in. Especially like if you're a, a parent or you're working with children, you're a, a nanny or, or a, a babysitter, a minister, school teacher, whatever, daycare person. When you're working with souls that are just still in the process of coming in, it takes a while. It takes a long time. In fact, on a physical level, we don't say that a, a person is an adult until they've been here for twenty one years. That's a, in terms of Earth time, that's a long time. That's, that's a third, you know, fourth of our lives, fifth of our lives for some people who long live longer. But, huh, that's a lot of preparation. A lot of work is required to just get here. (laughs) And once you get here, you don't have a whole lot of time to get everything done. And that's why there's so much planning before you're born. And this is why sometimes there's a great deal of number of years between incarnations. For myself, I didn't need to have a lot of years for incarnating, you know, getting ready for the next incarnation from my last one because my last lifetime was quite short. It was about seven years. I died as a child. And, and, uh, and that was deliberate. It wasn't an accident. It's not something that, oh, boo-hoo, it's, it's terrible. No, that's what I chose. And part of why I didn't need as much time in between incarnations to reincarnate was the last incarnation was part of the preparation, for this one. And I had to get certain things done. And, and most of the work was not during the incarnation as a little girl in Japan, but immediately at the moment of my death and what happened right afterwards and what I was participating in during um, the dying process and uh, in between time before I fully went over to get ready for this next incarnation. So so once you start to have a much more continuity of what life is and that it's not these disjointed, random, separate, gee, I didn't ask to be born. You know, how many times have you heard somebody angrily say, I didn't ask to be born.
1: Usually, a teenager, <laughs> or
2: or a person who says, you know, I didn't, yeah, uh, I didn't choose you as my parents or whatever like that. And the funny thing, anytime I hear people saying that, I, I get into great amusement because I know, uh, little do they know, <laughs> it's going to be fun when they discover. No, they're the ones who chose. The parents. Especially the mother who has to bear the child, has to do most of the work on on the physical part and emotional and energetic level and devote a considerable amount of her life energy and time and space to, to just bringing in a child, much less, you know, raising that child, is the mother. So the mother ultimately has the, what would you call it, the veto power. But... It's the soul coming in that chooses. The The mother can say and the father can say, no, we don't want this soul. We're not. We decided, you know, sure, we agreed later, earlier in spirit. But now once we're in this life situation, we just can't handle it or we won't be able to take care of the child or whatever. No, we don't want to bring you in. We don't agree anymore. Hey, contracts can be broken. But. It's the soul still that chooses your, you know, like that children's book, one of my favorites. Are you my mother? (laughs) Are you my mother? (laughs) Will you be my mother? And so that's, that happens quite often is, is okay, the soul doesn't get first choice mother or parents. And so then there's always plan B. Right? Most of us have plan B. In case this set of parents don't work out for us, If, especially if we're on a earth timeline, we know certain things are going to happen in history during this time period. We got to get in within a sh- small window of opportunity. And so then let's say something happens with the potential selected number one choice parents and you don't get to come in from them. Then... You have to have go to plan B, and that plan B sometimes will take you to a set of parents in a different country even. It's not going to be, okay, we'll go to the parents next door. Although sometimes
1: that does happen.
2: Sometimes that happens too. Or sometimes someone else in the same family, a larger extended family, ends up uh, getting pregnant and, and birthing the soul that wanted to be with this other relative and to ensure chance of contact and and some relationship with the original intended uh, folks. But anyway, there's also the situation where so much pain and suffering and misery can be at least mitigated if everyone knew what the choices that the soul made, what the choices they made. And when I'm talking about that, I think of quite a few examples one many many years ago i met this woman who was at this uh uh she was waiting in the waiting room for getting her psychic reading uh, from a group of students at a psychic institute that i was running and i as soon as i walked in i came in from dinner and everything during the break and Saw her, I knew, oh, I had to talk to her. So I sat next to her and I said, you know, are you aware that, I said, you have quite a few children, right? And she says, yes, six. And I said, are you aware they're not yours? And she just broke out sobbing. And it took a while before she can talk again. And she said, thank you. You know, if somebody heard our conversation, they would think either I was crazy or uh, she was, crazy, she was crazy, crazy or we're both crazy or that, you know, I was very crass. And who am I to just talk to a stranger like that? But now I knew she was suffering with this. The only thing, the only person she knew up to that point was herself that knew That the six children she bore, you know, for uh, us men, (laughs) it's possible, okay, this child that's, you know, uh, you're supposed to be your child. No, it's, it's really the TV repairman's child (laughs) or somebody else's child. That could be possible because it's the woman who gets pregnant and everything. But for a woman, To know that the children she bore, and not just one, but six of them, none of them are her contracts, soul wise. She's like a surrogate, except she got pregnant by her husband and she bore all six children. And I said, Yeah, you so, she was so loving and so giving. As a soul, she agreed to provide this man with the six souls that he had this incredible strong contract with. He had to be with those six kids, six souls. And so she agreed with her love for him and love for the the other souls and everybody. She just wanted to give them that opportunity to be together. And that was the easiest way for that to happen Otherwise, it would have been very, very difficult for that man and those six other souls to get together. And they needed to get together for him to raise them. So, anyway, she does it. And once she did it, it's like when once the youngest baby was, you know, weaned and can kind of be more on the own, she knew, okay, I I need to have my life. I need to go on what I'm here for and so she had a talk with her husband and her husband knew it as well and he said sure okay uh I'll take the kids thank you very much for bearing them for uh, for me and for us and um you're free so they got divorced well the only people who were in agreement were the parents and the children the children completely with the father totally happy right And they didn't need the mother except to come through. But boy, both her family and his family went ballistic. And she's been being punished and thrown guilt and responsibility and and invalidation ever since. So she was a mess. But the men and I validated to her that what she knew to be true in the heart of hearts, that she was there doing a service to bring those six souls in for him. And after that, her job's done, and and the job was voluntary anyway, and she's free to have her life, to do what she needed to do. And that changed her life. Just that she already knew it. I didn't have to tell her all of this. She already knew it, but she needed some kind of validation, and especially from a stranger that says, hey, I see it. It's true. A psychic
1: stranger, actually, ah, and which, which is you. <laughs> but the other thing is it's really important to know that this is a very, very rare instance. Yeah, that's a very rare
2: instance. But even with my own mother, she had two miscarriages after she had me. And she said she knew. Neither of those souls that were coming or trying to come in or came in for just a short period um, wasn't her contract. She knew they weren't to be her babies. And so she said, I knew you when you I got pregnant with you. You were my contract. You were supposed to be my child. Your sister also. But the other two, she said, they weren't. And so she wasn't surprised when she got pregnant. A miscarriage for each of them, right? And so that's the difference when you're aware. You're, you don't get stuck in tremendous guilt and agony and suffering. And also, there's a, another woman that I met who was in great suffering. And and uh, I saw this beautiful, bright soul hanging around her, wanting to talk to her. And, and I saw... Oh, I said, did you have a, a girl, a child girl that died when she was still a child, like eight or nine years old? And she also started crying. And she said, yes, she died when she was nine years old. And then she proceeded to tell me the story of how this daughter died. She was with the father and three brothers and or two brothers and in a car. The father and the two brothers walked away without a scratch. She died instantly when a truck hit the car. And, and the reason she was holding, she was in more than the normal amount of total guilt and grief and you know self-punishment was because she's the one who insisted the daughter go with the boys and the father to go get ice cream so she can clean the house. And, and she, she felt like she was the one, she was her daughter's executioner. She's the one who sent her to her death. And I said, no, no, that's what she's been wanting to communicate to you is she's totally, she is so grateful you did that for her because she was not able to get a parent you know, especially a mother, to agree to bring her in when she knew she was only going to be here for eight or nine years. And no one wants to have an absolutely adorable, beautiful, loving, perfect child and to lose them when they're just a kid. So everybody said, no, I don't think I can handle that. Whereas this woman loved this soul so much, said, I will do that for you.
1: So for any of you who are listening to the show who have experienced that, please know that the souls that came in and then left early, this was their soul plan for what they came in for. And it's really important to let yourself have that and let your soul child have that. Well, once again, we've reached the end of our show, and I know there's so much more to talk about here, so maybe we will again. But we're so glad that you joined us today. We hope you enjoyed it and our show inspires you to live more of your life as spirit. Be sure to join us again next Wednesday for our show, Ready or Not, Here I Come, A Soul's Perspective on Birth. We'll explore how we as souls experience the birth process and the beginning of our new incarnation into life here on earth. Also, if you'd like to learn more about your fifth chakra, what it does, how it works, and so forth, um, how you can best use it, join us for our next teleclass on Saturday, November 2nd, for your fifth chakra, communication, creative self-expression, and will. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week.